cybersecurity is not a matter of, you know, your email being hacked anymore. It's affecting our infrastructure. It's affecting our healthcare, food cycle, international trade. Welcome to the Knowledge Archives podcast. We're a group of students on a mission to learn from as many different disciplines of knowledge as possible. I'm your host, Madhav Malhotra, and today I'm glad to be joined by Dr. Feras Petarsi, an Associate Professor of Biological Systems Engineering at Virginia Tech. He researches the increasing concerns for creating safe applications of AI, especially in the context of agricultural and drinking water production. Today, he explains the increasingly connected risks created by cybersecurity, biosecurity, and AI. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I'm very excited to dive into more technical details and case studies of the risks we're talking about. But before we dive into those details, would you mind telling me a bit more about yourself and your role in this field? Yes, hi, and, and thank you for having me. I'm Firas Batarse. I'm an associate professor at the Department of Biological Systems Engineering at Virginia Tech. BAC is, is at the intersection of the College of Engineering and the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at our university. The focus of my team's research at Virginia Tech is, is on applying AI, artificial intelligence, and cybersecurity solutions to address critical needs in the agricultural and, and water sectors. And so my background is, is, in, is in artificial intelligence. My research has been in AI, but uh, with, with uh, more interactions uh, with um, users, producers, farmers, there's an, there's an increased realization that the need for securing those critical infrastructures from from a business perspective, it's very important to maintain profits and and businesses and supply chains and so on. But also from a national and national interest perspective, it's a it's a national security concern. Many countries around the world are focusing on this field and increasingly putting investments, research uh, resources, and and deployment resources at, at at this field. So this caused you know our team and and. To, to focus more on this field and, and work with water operators and water treatment facilities, large farms, me- medium-sized farms, and small farms across the state and, and the nation to identify issues that could where AI and, and, and cyber solutions could be useful. So already, you know, we have uh, these terms flying around. What is an example of some part of the water treatment or food production sector where there could be a cybersecurity risk, and how do these two fields interact with that particular example? Right, right. That's a, that's a good uh, question, Madav. So, the recent studies show that the average time it takes any institution, especially in the in the bio domains like agriculture, bio labs, healthcare, right, and so on, it takes them twenty one days on average to realize that they have been compromised. Now, when I say compromised, I think most of your listeners would know to the term, you know, hacked, or they would be familiar with the term being hacked. In in cybersecurity, we categorize the threats 
into multiple multiple groups and, and not all attacks or threats are created equal. The most common form of attack is ransomware, where the adversary, whether whether that's a state or a non-state adversary, is compromising the system and asking for money in return, asking for a ransom, right? That's that's the most common. More than 7% of cases are are driven by by a ransom. The other cases where you have phishing attacks, we have hacking, you know, those are different categories, right, that require dealing with the challenge in a different manner. And so when it comes to being compromised, most companies at this point in time have a challenge not only protecting their their data and their systems, but also knowing that they have been compromised to begin with, right? Hackers uh, are getting increasingly advanced where they get into a system, they stay there for days and weeks and months sometimes, listening into all the transactions, all the emails, all the processes, all the critical information, and then creating damage as they as they either leave or or not at all even just stay there for months, you know, in a, in a in many recent occasions. And I'll give you an example: JBS, one of the big slaughterhouses in the U.S. for you know beef, cattle, pork, uh, and so on, had their infrastructure compromised, causing millions of dollars loss, right? For for the business, but the danger here also lies in other systems that depend on that system. For example, in the JBS case. Their meat, chicken, pork, beef, production, slaughter, and supply chains were were halted, stopped for days in, in the US. And you can only imagine what that causes to to retail, what that causes to restaurants, what it causes to, you know, cattle, for instance, being frozen in, in freezers and and shipped across the, the border and, and being uh, stuck at at ports all over the world, as you know, the U.S. is one of the biggest producers of uh, livestock in the in the world, and and there's a lot of you know import and export movements uh, around that. So when 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 a compromise like that happens to one of the biggest companies, it can really paralyze the entire process, and it can paralyze and create a wave of interdependencies. Right, interdependencies and intradependencies are two concepts in cybersecurity that point to the fact that when you're compromised, your physical systems are also compromised and your, your biological systems could be compromised. Let's say you're a hospital and your networks has been compromised. You can think of your patient data being affected. And if someone has access to editing patient data in ways that are unwarranted, that could also lead to health implications for the patients, right? It could lead to putting the patient's lives at danger. And so cybersecurity is not a matter of, you know, your email being hacked anymore or your social media being hacked anymore. It's really much more than that. It's affecting our infrastructure. It's affecting our, uh, like I mentioned, healthcare, food cycle, uh, trade, international trade, every aspect of our economy and, and industry and, and academia and government, right? There has been many cases where the U.S. government has been unfortunately a victim of uh, multiple hacks by external players you know the usual suspects from a u.s perspective you know are, are china russia iran um you know north korea uh, and so on um but you know it's difficult to obviously identify the source of attacks in most cases so so that claim is always taken with a grain of salt 
but it's also important to to know that uh, attackers could be state or could be non-state could be in many cases a teenager right someone who's interested in trying to crack you know some code and, and try to get into some system it could be uh, sometimes an, some unhappy employee at a company that wants to cause and inflict uh, damage to that company and so on and so forth so it's really um, the scope is 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 only widening and uh, and becoming more difficult to contain which again rises the need for more focus on this field you know already you've shown the complexity that's involved with not just you know the cybersecurity but how does it affect our food supply chains how does it affect our hospitals but to make it even more complicated you know to focus in on your work you're looking at how ai is affecting you know already this hugely diverse topic so could you talk to us about how ai has created both risks and benefits right right that's that's a that's a very good point so the power ai for cybersecurity is that artificial intelligence can identify patterns in data and in networks that a human is not able to identify not because ai is could be built in ways that are you know more intelligent than humans but because with the increased size of data a human operator is not able to constantly at every second of the day and within every dimension and scope of of their organization to keep looking for outliers and to keep looking for areas where there's a unusual activity right the challenge here is that unusual activities could be an intentional attack by an external adversary or it could be an unintentional mistake for instance we've seen a lot of cases where you know at a water treatment plant you have a you know in many cases we found that like a plastic bag is covering the sensor and it's ch- leading to a change in the readings and if you're looking at it from a, from a distance you can think that oh this this the sensor looks you know not too functional and it could qualify as an attack but ai has the ability to classify that to you know intentional attacks non-intentional attacks this looks like a hacker this looks like a hacker this looks like a someone with a you know bad intentions this looks like a plastic bag this looks like you know ai if with enough data can have that that ability and one of the promising areas of the sixth generation of telecommunications is that it's going to have ai built into some of its protocols to identify such issues one to maximize the uh, usage of data in ways that are beneficial to the application and and to be able to also identify issues like security threats and so on but you asked about the downsides as well and and i i, I applaud you for that because with ai there there has been a rising concern when it comes to data ownership when it comes to ethical components and, and how countries are dealing with with such issues um, my, my team at vigiatech you know we focus on on ai deployments and and specifically on the assurance of ai systems we recently published a book uh, that's uh, titled ai assurance and by assurance we mean the you know, really your question AI fairness, ethical AI, secure AI, safe AI, explainable AI. So, you know, there's multiple areas when AI is being applied, you know, many have warned against AI's unexplainability or or as as AI provides recommendations in many cases, how do I know that the recommendations that are being provided are trustworthy? So, from an ethical perspective as well, it's important to note that most countries now 
collect data and use AI for public policy making. However, it's it's a rising concern to you know discussing data ownership uh, by by citizens, right? So, um, in our previous book, we called it data democracy, where we discuss a concept called the data republic. We have proposed that you know citizens of a data republic, as as we are all all right now, you know we have a citizenship with our countries, but we also have presence virtually, right? And with the increase of metaverse and and all the other technologies, right? We, we're only going to have more presence virtually. So the question then uh, becomes: is you know who owns that data? Who owns any picture that we send online? Who owns any text message that you ship across the networks? Is it the receiver? Is it the sender? Is it the country? Is it you know, as technology has no borders, you know, geographical borders don't make any sense when it comes to to data or when it comes to AI. And if AI is the collective knowledge that we all as humans are creating, then how are we defining those royalties and those ownerships? I, I'm sure you know many countries are trying to to create laws and policies that are related to AI, but it's been a rising challenge. Especially if you think about cases where you know you have kids using cell phones and you have teenagers using applications, and you know I always joke in my class: if you have TikTok on your phone, you don't have the right to ask for security because you're basically opening it, creating a backdoor on your cell phone, and and you're asking to be, you know, compromised in so many ways, right? So there has to be more awareness, uh, so that there has to be more, you know, push against uh, lack of ownership and also push for policymakers and lawmakers all over the world in all the all, all countries um, craft rules and regulations that guarantee the, the freedoms and, and the security of citizens when it comes to their presence in the virtual world. So right now we already have these issues, but in the next five years, could you list what problems, like specific problems that you're thinking about? Right. Yeah. So a look to the future, if you will. I'll begin with a more pessimistic note and then end up with a more optimistic note. So it's it's looking more obvious that the wars of the future and the conflicts of the, of the future are going to be cyber wars, are going to be data wars, as uh, you know, the, the, the famous uh, uh, saying, data is the new oil. And we see many countries creating cyber armies in all conflicts today. The, the conflict begins with with a set of cyber attacks before there's an actual physical attack. And that's obviously only going to increase in the next upcoming years, which would mean that AI is, is more important than ever in identifying bad players and identifying, uh, you know, adversaries that break the law, international law. However, you know, at the same time, we can see that AI is helping save lives and hospitals, AI is helping, improving our experiences with, with e-commerce, improving our ownership, increasing our communication with people we care about all over the world. And so just like any other, you know, technology that humans ever created, there's a pro and a con, it's a double-edged sword. And besides the continuous advancement in technologies, the call for improved laws and ethics surrounding those technologies, I think is also another major component is on the rise. You know, in agriculture, we, we see an increased 
dependency on cyber and, and on AI. And that's great because that we can identify better nu nutrients and provide better food to, to the world, right? And that's obviously uh, a, a great uh, thing. Uh, but at the same time, with cases like water, there has been incidents where water could be poisoned through cyber attacks and AI. So both the pros and the cons will continue to be hand in hand. And it's an everlasting race. And my team and I and, and all of us at Regentech, you know, we hope to be a, a force for increasing the pros and reducing the disadvantages in, in those technologies. And I invite you and all your listeners to, you know, join us in this pursuit. That's a great call to action to end on. And I'll definitely make sure to link to your lab sites and, you know, your publications in the details so that people can learn more. But I, I want to thank you for taking on the challenge of guiding us through the most simple basics to these huge questions that, you know, increasingly everyone in our society will have to start thinking about. So thank you for your time today. Thanks so much. I enjoyed it and uh, I appreciate your, your hosting this podcast. Thanks so much.